We're so glad that you're here today in the house of the Lord. And I trust that God has blessed you with a, a wonderful week and that you just come prepared this day to, to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And we're so grateful for our graduate students, for Mason and McKenna. Continue to pray for these folks. They're, they're entering into a new phase in their life. Mason graduating high school or, and uh, McKenna graduating from college. So it's a big, big point in their life and, and I know that God will, will bless them and use them. This morning we ask you to take your Bible and turn to Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. We'll preach, be preaching today about the day of Pentecost. Uh, reading some of Dr. Adrian Rogers' materials on this uh, passage of scripture. And he made a statement and I, I want to share it with you. He said, Bethlehem, that's when Christ was born, is God with us. Calvary, that's when Jesus died, was God for us. He died for us. Pentecost is God in us. That's when he comes and lives in us. Now, I thought that was good and I wanted to share that with you. If you can and are able, would you stand with us as we read from the first four verses of Acts chapter two. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Would you pray with me please? Fathers, we stand in your presence here today and in the presence of these precious people. We come to give you praise, to give you glory, give you honor and adoration that you and you alone are God. Father, we know that without you we can do nothing, but your word teaches us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Father, I pray today that you would anoint my lips and Lord, illuminate my mind that I may preach your word in a way that will be pleasing to you Father, I pray that you would open the hearts of the people who are listening today. And Father, just teach each of us and reach into our hearts, Lord, and draw us all closer to you. And Father, if there's one today that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, may this be that wonderful time that they will come and experience Jesus into coming into their life. And that they might have that evidence of grace that the choir just sung about. Father, we pray today that you will be glorified and you'll be magnified in all that is said and done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you and be seated please. The day of Pentecost is an important day, not only in Acts chapter two, but it was an important day even in the Old Testament scriptures. Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. Now I, I looked at my calendar the other day and 
this year, of course our calendar is different from the Jewish calendar, but Pentecost will come on the 5th of June. So we're getting pretty close to that and just about three Sundays from now. It was also known as some other things in the Old Testament. It was known as the day of first fruits in Numbers chapter 28 and verse 26. It was called the Feast of Weeks in Exodus chapter 34. In another place it was called the Feast of Harvest. It was a time when it was a day of gathering together. This is one of the three times that God asked all of the Jewish men to meet each year in Jerusalem. And there they were to celebrate these festive days. This was the day of celebration and thanking God for the harvest of the fields. Their crops had just begun to come in and that's why it's called the day of the first fruits. We even have it similar here that, that around the first of June, if you've planted an early garden, you begin to harvest some of that crop around that time. And it was a time that they would gather together there and, and it, it took a, a week of feasting and, and enjoying themselves. And, but it, it's not only the harvest of the fields. It was also at this time of year that they celebrated their deliverance from Egyptian bondage. And then the third thing, it was around the time of Pentecost when Moses went up on the mountain and received the Ten Commandments from God. So it was a celebration of all three of these things, the first harvest of the fields, the deliverance out of Egypt, but also God giving the law on their own Mount Sinai when Israel became a nation. So it was a very important time, and this was God's providence, God's timing, if you will, that it's happening right at this time. I want you to notice something in verse 1. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They had been there all week, no doubt. But the day of Pentecost, when it was that particular day, something unusual began to happen. The Bible says that they were all with one accord in one place. If you remember in chapter 1, Jesus had told them to tarry or to wait in Jerusalem. They had been waiting there for 10 days since Jesus ascended to heaven. He was there. He appeared to his disciples for 40 days after he arose from the dead. He ascended back to heaven, and then there was that 10-day waiting period. They had spent some time in prayer. They had spent some time uh, replacing the apostle who had killed himself. And now the day of Pentecost was fully come. It had arrived. And notice what it says, they, speaking of his disciples, they were all with one accord in one place. Most of these men were from Galilee. 
But Jesus had told them to wait there in Jerusalem. Remember, it was a very dangerous place for them to be. It had just been 50 days since Jesus was crucified. His disciples had run for their lives. They had been in this upper room, meeting there, praying there. So it was not a, the most safe place in the world to be, but it was the place where Jesus wanted them to be because something was going to happen there. Notice that there was a spirit of being in one accord there in verse 1, and they were all with one accord in one place. God is at work here. God has brought these men there, and not just some men. There were other people too. There were some women that were there. And it says, and suddenly, suddenly, unexpectedly, suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. We find this as the Spirit's filling them. Notice it was a mighty sound. First of all, it was something they could hear. A sound, a sound from heaven. A sound that God had sent. What did it sound like? The Bible says that it was a sound as a rushing mighty wind. Perhaps uh, you've heard a hurricane or a tornado. They make a terrible sound. And it was a sound. It wasn't the wind in there, but it was the sound of wind. And then there was something else. The Bible says it filled all the house where they were sitting. And then in verse 3, and there appeared unto them. There was something they could see. They could hear it, they could see a fire. The Bible in King James says cloven tongues. The word cloven means split or separated. It was as these tongues of fire set upon every believer. Everyone that was in that room as they looked around about each other and they could see, I don't know if it was on top of their head, I saw pictures of it that probably that's where it was at. But it looked like a tongue that had divided. And they were seeing this. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. No, not, a, not just a few of them, but all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. There was the result, you see. And then something began to happen. It says, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. There was something they heard, there was something they could see, and now they're speaking. And they're not speaking in their normal language. The Bible says 
they began to speak with other tongues or other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit had come. Jesus had told them there in, John, in Acts chapter 1. Let me just go back and read it to you. In verse 5 of chapter 1, he said, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Jesus had promised that there would be a baptism of the Holy Spirit that would come in just a few days. He had ascended back to heaven. It had now been 10 days. And this is that Holy Spirit that was coming. This was the Holy Spirit that, that came in there. They spoke with other tongues and other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. I was thinking the other day about an experience that I had in a service in Ukraine several years ago. I had preached the message and given the invitation and an elderly lady brought her daughter forward in that service. And I asked what I could do to help them. And the elderly lady said, pray for my daughter. She has never been able to speak. And the pastor whispered to, to, through the interpreter to me and said, this lady, when her daughter was a baby, said she fell with her and, and the baby hit her head and says she's never been able to speak. Her name was Nina. And when I would speak her name, she'd go, that's the only sound she could make. And we just stood there and bowed our heads and prayed. And I remember asking God to loose her tongue. And when we finished the prayer, that woman looked at me and said in perfect English, thank you very much. My interpreter about went wild. He said, did you hear her? I said, yes, I heard her. He said, she spoke in English. I said, yes, she spoke in English. That was the Holy Spirit that did that. God not only loosed her tongue, but he let her speak in a language that I could understand. I was back in that same village a couple of years after that. As a matter of fact, I'd conducted a funeral there in that, that village that day. And we were on our way to the cemetery and we were walking along, following the hearse. And I saw this lady in the crowd. And I went over to her. And I didn't know if she could still speak in English or not. But I purposely didn't take an interpreter with me. And I said to her, how are you doing? And again, in perfect English, she says, I'm doing very well, thank you. And I said, well, how's your mother? She said, mom died last year. 
Now that was God's all I can say about it. Here a similar thing is happening. These people were speaking in all kinds of different languages there. And you can go ahead and read the rest of this. And you'll find out that there were people from all the nations that had gathered there. They had come to Jerusalem from far and wide to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. And they heard the message. And every man was in his own language. You see, there was much a, as much a miracle in them speaking as there was, and also the people hearing. The people heard in their own language. Now, I want to talk about something just as a sidetrack here for a little bit. Jesus had told his disciples. And I'll read it again. John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. What's the difference between the baptism in the Holy Ghost and being filled with the Holy Ghost? Here in verse 4 of chapter 2, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. There's two entirely different words there. The word baptized is the Greek word baptizo. It means to dip, to immerse, to wash, to submerge. Every meaning of it is that it's submerged, it's immersed, it goes under the water. And he talked about John baptized in water. But here it's using the word, they were all filled. And I began to wonder, what's, what's the difference? And I began to study the scriptures. Paul tells us this over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. He says, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now, I get that. For by one spirit are we all, and he's talking about all believers, are we all baptized into one body. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is when we trust Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, and we're placed in the body of Christ. But the filling of the Spirit is done over and over and over again in our lives. In Ephesians 5, 18, the Bible says this, be not drunk with wine where is it in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It's a command for we who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to be filled with the Spirit. Verse 8 of chapter 1 says, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The filling of the Holy Spirit of God is so that we will be witnesses. 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. That we will be his spokespeople here on this earth. You see, this is the birth of the church that we're looking at here today. The church coming into being. The church that Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is the infancy of it right here. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. What did they do? They began to speak. That's a natural reaction from being filled with the Holy Spirit. I came up with a little something to illustrate this point. And I hope you don't mind. If you do, we'll talk about it afterwards. You see this bottle? It's clear, it's clean, and it's empty. Nothing in it but some air. Now, I say that because there's a significance in this. In order to be filled with the Spirit of God, there's some things that has to take place in her life. First of all, we have to be a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must have trusted Him as our Lord and Savior. And when we trusted Him, then we've, we've gone through the baptism, not just the water baptism that we see here, that places us in the body, the church. But we've had that baptism in our life where the Lord immersed us in His Spirit. I'm going to immerse this bottle I put it all the way under. I'm going to hold it down till it bubbles. Now, I baptized that. But is it filled? Why is it not filled? I had the cap on it, didn't I? Now watch. Is it filled? I'll move my hand out of the way. Is it filled? It's partially filled, isn't it? I had to let some air out of it before I could get the rest of it in there. That's going to take a while. That's about as full as it was when I poured the water out of it. But you see, there's a difference between immersing that bottle with the cap on it. And you know, I believe that many times people get saved and they go through water baptism and they never experience the filling of the Holy Spirit. 
Could it be because we've not emptied self out? We're filled with something else. Could it be that we've kept the cap in place and not let the Holy Spirit fill our life? In order to be filled with the Spirit, we must be clean. And he's talking about spiritually clean. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There has to be that honest confession of our sins. And the word confess means to speak. We, we verbalize the sin that's in our life. Many times we, we hide sins in our life. We, we cover them up and we, we harbor those things in our life. And that stops us from being filled with God's Spirit. He won't fill an unclean vessel. We must be emptied out of self and of sin. We must be obedient. Acts 5.32 says, He gave the Spirit to those who obey Him. Obedience to the Lord is so important in our, our Christian life. It's so important that we stay in tune with the Lord and that we obey Him and we, we keep our lives pure and holy before Him. We often talk about we quench the Spirit. The word quench means to throw uh, water on a fire and put the fire out. And, and the Holy Spirit is often symbolized as fire. It was here in this passage of Scripture. Tongues of fire set upon them. And when we say no to the Holy Spirit when He's dealing with us or He's encouraging us to speak up for Him or something of that sort, we quench the Spirit. We throw water on it. But there's another thing. We must ask to be filled. Listen to Luke eleven thirteen. Jesus said, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? We have to ask the Lord to fill us with His Spirit. Mm. These people had been in prayer for 10 days. They'd been praying. They'd been talking with God. They'd been confessing their sins, no doubt. They had been sharing one with another, and they had been doing whatever God wanted them to do for those 10 days. They'd been in obedience to the Lord. And they were all, Filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Every one of them. The Bible tells us there was 120 of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. What would happen in this church if we all got filled with the Holy Ghost and we spilled out into the streets of Etowah and began to witness for our Lord Jesus Christ? What would happen? Somebody might call us crazy. Somebody else might say we're drunk. That's what they said about these people. They'd fill this church up. That's right, Ross. But you see, this is God's plan here for how His church is to reach the world for Jesus Christ. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. God's Spirit works in and through His people. But we must be willing vessels. We must be filled with His Spirit. We must speak the Word of God as He gives us that utterance. That little lady over in Ukraine, I, I've thought of her so many times. Why did, why did God allow me to experience that? She spoke in a, an unknown language to her. But it wasn't unknown to God and it wasn't unknown to me. The people that were sitting there probably said, what, what, what did she say? But I understood what she said. My interpreter understood what she said. It wasn't a bunch of gibberish. It was a language. God did that in her life, that's all I can say. And God, I think, did it to make me a stronger believer in what I already believed. To see the hand of God at work in someone's life. The, the very fact that He gave her a voice that she had never been able to speak with in all of her life. That was a miracle. Could I take credit for it? Absolutely not. All the credit goes to God. Could these people take credit for being filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Absolutely not. It was an act of God. It's always an act of God when God fills us with His Spirit. Are you Spirit-filled? Are you a child of God? Have you had that new birth that the Bible talks about? Jesus told Nicodemus, one of the most religious men of his day, you must be born again. It's an experience with God where God comes to live in our life. And if you are born again, are you filled with God's Spirit? And if not, why not? The Bible commands us to be filled with His Spirit. The same way it commands us not to drink wine to excess. Be not drunk on wine, but 
be filled with the Spirit. That's how God empowers us. That's how God uses us. That's how God reaches other people. It's through His people being Spirit-filled and witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. As we come to the time of invitation today, I hope you'll remember the little demonstration. Are you not filled because you haven't taken the cap off and asked the Holy Spirit to come to live in your life? Maybe you just need to get out of your seats today and come and just talk with the Lord. If you need to talk to me, I'll be happy to talk with you, but you really need to talk with the Lord. Let's stand together and bow our heads in a moment of prayer. Father, we bless your name today. We thank you for your blessed promise. For the fullness of the Spirit of God who can come and move in our lives and Lord who can empower us to be the witnesses that you want us to be. Father, I pray today that as your Holy Spirit speaks to the hearts of men and women and boys and girls in this place today, that you'll be glorified. And Lord, that people will be filled with your Spirit and people will go away from here today being witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ, sharing with other people what the Lord has done in their life and what He can do in their life. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray.